Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hello. Before we get to our festive episode today, I just wanted to remind you all that if you subscribe to our Patreon uh, before the end of November for two or three dollars a month to get access to dozens of retro movie reviews and tv reviews and um, 100% of your december fee will go to action for children which is a wonderful charity and um, so head on over to patreon.com forward slash the cinema to check that out and secondly i wanted to give a shout out to a new podcast that's being launched by a friend of this podcast helen o'hara who a lot of you will know from empire magazine and it's called ba humbug and it's a wonderful podcast that's going to examine both new christmas movies and old I think you guys would all really like it. Um, so head over, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. This is The Cinemile, the podcast where we used to walk home from the movies when there were cinemas open. And now we're walking to the square. The Christmas Square. <laughs> the Christmas is that square. what this movie's called? It's called Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Christmas on the Square. Yeah. Oh, so it's not Christmas Square. No. Right, it's not like a themed... No. Um, right, so you t- take it away, Cathy, because I don't know what this is or what the <laughs> hell we're doing here. <laughs> so there's, uh, Dolly Parton has written all the music for this film and is the star of it, along with Christine Bransky. And it's based on a stage play, I believe. Um, 
And it's a Christmas film, I think, with kind of, I'm guessing, bits of It's a Wonderful Life from the few clips I saw on the trailer. Uh, and it looks like an absolute yeah. cheese fest. Are we allowed to say... I mean, we saw a little bit of the she's trailer. A, she's an angel, right? I believe so, yes. <laughs> Which seems perfectly in line You're with Dolly. With that. I'm actually great. I'm, I'm good with this. Yeah, and I'm we're good with Dolly Parton playing an angel. Big Dolly Parton fans in this podcast. Um, yeah, I, she's I indoctrinated awesome. Dave this summer. Um, we were driving to Wales for a wonderful staycation, and we listened to the whole of Dolly Parton's America, which is this amazing podcast that I recommend to great everyone. Podcast. It's like. It's not just a podcast about Dolly Parton and she's in it but she doesn't make it and um, it takes you off in very unusual tangents and it's fascinating insight into her amongst lots of other things. It's, it's made by NPR and the, the team that made Radiolab, I believe, which is another awesome podcast and I yeah, highly recommend that as a listen because, yeah, like Cathy said, it's not, it's not just a profile of Dolly Parton. It's, it is that, but it's also just like what... Dolly Parton represents to modern America um, and that she's very like the, the kind of like the, the the idea behind the podcast is that like she's so undivisive like everybody loves Dolly yeah. like from so all walks like, of life all ages all hard, like races hardcore right wing uh, Christians uh, and like um, liberal like gay people it's like, it's like the people the, the whole thing is about like at a Dolly Parton concert you've got all of these people sitting together it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just she brings people together and, and fundamentally avoids conflict and promotes forgiveness and people and try and like um, criticise her for example saying like she didn't take a stance against Trump or whatever but she just absolutely refuses to engage with any controversy it's quite interesting but she and won't pick a side either and it's no. <laughs> that, you can be criticised for that but uh, if anything she seems to be like bringing people together with her music so I, yeah I, I have a lot of time she's for her an interesting woman and I love I mean as a she's songwriter as she's well. an incredible songwriter yeah so I've really high hopes for this movie um, but from the trailer I saw it's like it was more like before I saw the trailer I was like this is going to be amazing and then I saw the trailer and I'm like I don't know what that is <laughs> it's got Hallmark vibes <laughs> <laughs> so I think we need to just go and watch it we're going to um, we're out for a walk now but we're going to watch it this evening when the kids are in bed we're going to have hot whiskies mince pies like I feel like it's the start of the festive season when you watch your first Christmas movie yeah yeah. and I'm really hoping it's better than uh, this time I think it was last year when I went to my friend Graham to see last, last Christmas. Christmas which was really bad so I'm hoping it's better than last Christmas oh, that's, an, that's an episode if you want to go listen to that <laughs> I, I, I listened to it I didn't see the movie but I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it <laughs> uh, so no but I'm so excited I love Dolly Um saw her in concert a couple of years ago she was amazing it was such a good concert like she's so talented yeah so I'm really excited to see this movie right. and I feel How like we all need Netflix, a Dolly Parton right? movie right is this on Netflix it's on Netflix right. we all need a nice Dolly Parton Christmas movie I think yeah I'm well we've had a tough year yeah. alright <laughs> right, come see on. on the other side see you in a bit Christmas is a time for caring being at your best Christmas is a time for sharing knowing you've been blessed there are the haves and the have-nots, and you could be either one. Who are you? Well, Angel. What do you want from me? Change. What you're doing now is such a low blow. Demolishing the lives of all the people you know. The deadline to be out of your homes is now Christmas Eve. Gotta get on. Of this town. Christmas on the square. There's no reason.
reason to wait Everybody's there I know he's the time I lose my mind If I don't get out of this town Light and it will lead you to the part of you you lost. What might that be? The part that can be happy. Christmas is a time for caring, being at your best. Christmas is a time for sharing, knowing you've been blessed. Christmas is a time for angels, making things all right. Oh, what joyful Christmas on the square. Hi, we're back. We watched that movie last night. What was it called? The Christmas Christmas Gar- Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Okay, that one. Which doesn't have a great ring to it, I have to say, but I <laughs> I can see why memorable, no. they wanted to get her name into it because let's face it, we wouldn't have watched it if her name wasn't attached. Also, it's got very little to do with that square. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, well, the square is the heart of the town. And the town is the beating heart of this movie. And it's the beating heart of middle America. <laughs> Shall we um, give a quick synopsis? As, as always, no spoilers here until we turn on to spoiler section of this river that we're walking down at the moment. Um, but, um, Cathy, why don't you give just sort of a quick one-sentence um, brief on what people can expect so from this movie? If you ca- imagine... I've already forgotten the title of again. That Christine Bransky is, like, effectively Scrooge. And she's somehow owns the town it seems to be okay that's the case in Schitt's Creek as well is that a real thing in America that someone can own a town it seems, I'm very seems to confused. be well anyway. I guess I guess it's it's like a real uh, uh, it's like capitalism at, to its most extreme in America so I <laughs> guess like you can buy towns one on person the owns the whole town and like every business and building within and she inherited it from her dad and she shows up on uh, the 23rd of December and tells everyone effectively that they've <laughs> They have to be evicted by Christmas Eve, the 24th. Yeah, see, it seems to be the next day. Like, you've got till tomorrow to get out of your houses. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, uh, basically, we we feel like she's a bit of a Scrooge character or maybe a wicked witch of the middle. And then Dolly Parton shows us as an angel to change her mind. So there's a kind of a Christmas carol meets It's a Wonderful Life, uh, but it's a full on musical. It's like dancing and singing at all times. Not full-on musical as in Les Mis, where every word is sung. But it is... It is it's huge. Uh, it's a movie with like 12-plus yeah. musical yeah. numbers. Song and dance. And all, you're like, God, the extras are all terrible actors. And then you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> it's because they're all really good dancers. And they it's hard to get those. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so much fun watching the extras <laughs> in this movie. Um, but, yeah, the, honestly... Uh, this is fantastic. As, as we watched the movie, we kind of kept being like... What are we watching? And are we enjoying <laughs> this? And and then we both kept going, yeah, we're actually really enjoying it. It's really fun. And then yeah. uh, and then you'd kind of and more would happen, and you'd go, what are we watching? And are we enjoying this or not? <laughs> it's so it's yeah. so weird. I don't. I did enjoy it. I really I, enjoyed. I it I had too. fun with it, but it's not by any traditional um, me- measurement of quality. It, it does. It meets some of those bars. <laughs> but mostly doesn't. But it doesn't seem to matter for some reason. Um, cause it's it's just, a very wholesome vibe, right? Which yeah, is what ho- we were expecting. That's a nice way to put it. And I think the to give you a sense, the uh, 
And Dolly Parton is like a very Christian woman. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. This is a Christian movie through and through. This is like card carrying, like God, God faring. Like for instance, like most of the movie seems to be set in in an actual church. One of the main characters is uh, the pastor. His name is Pastor Christian. <laughs> He's even called Christian. But what that is, it's like, all about wait, God and angels. Church is a house of God. So how can Christine Bransky own the church and evict a priest out of a church? Well, I like, guess the churches need to rent the space. It's not like the Catholic Church, who who just have, have owned most of property since the Middle Ages. Okay. I, guess. I don't know. Yeah, but, um, it's just like like these towns are built. Like that town was built by Christine uh, Bransky's father, right? But then, right, her dad seemed to be this kind of. Uh, Benevolent, sort amazing, of a, yeah, yeah, kind of town god, right? And his his motto was, "Keep the rents low and the spirits high." Okay, then, but actually, you're just a terrible capitalist because what you should do if you want to run this amazing town where everyone's happy, give them their democratize own democratize it. No, give them their own property. Why are you owning everyone's properties and keeping the rents low and the spirits high? Yeah, nobody Let's, can buy themselves out. Every, yeah. Everyone has to rent for the rest of their life. Yeah, I just, I really just liked it. It's like, you know, the old English landlords in Ireland back in the day. Like, so actually, yeah. he set it up so that when he did die and his daughter inherited, she could kick everyone out. They have no, partly they don't even have 24 hours notice in their leases. So like, this shit is it weird. Is like, it is like, a, like, so much of this movie is like, um... Whole, like it, it, they present her as like a challenge, right? But actually, I, I, most, much of this I found like it's a dystopian nightmare. Yeah. Like, how is this? Is this actually the case in Middle America that this can happen? You can just be kicked out in a, in a day of your entire town and have Cheetah Mall come in and, yeah. <laughs> and build a build a mall where your entire town used to be. That yeah. just doesn't seem like the, the surely like the federal government should protect people at some sort of level. But also, um, we. We're observing to ourselves that if you're going to build a big mall, what makes sense is to do, build it next to the prosperous town. Yeah, where people can go and buy things yeah. in your mall. Like, who's visiting this mall <laughs> where it once was a town? <laughs> you kicked everyone you got to drive an hour to get to this fucking mall with but nothing I, in it. We have to say, Christine Bransky is absolutely brilliant yeah. in her role. Like, she's so good. She smashes it. She's, yeah. She carries this movie, to be she's fair. Perfectly she's perfectly cast. Very good. Yeah, so, so well cast. She's a great actress. Um, really like is giving it socks yeah like she's um, really holds her own singing as we knew from Mamma Mia anyway she 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 veers perfectly between cold business ruthless warrior which we kind of <laughs> see from what, it, what the good fight is it and she, yeah. uh, all those things um, and also this sort of you know the, the, the Mamma Mia vibe the tender the tender friend and all this so, so she's wonderful and like a uh, Really does carry the movie. Dolly, um. <laughs> Dolly is like. Dolly's very much just Dolly. There's <laughs> no. She's not really acting. At all times, like, you know, back in the 50s when they used to put, like, Vaseline over the lens to make movie stars look younger. Yeah. Like, she's got full. She's got an Instagram filter on her for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. She's got Vaseline on the lens. She's like. <laughs> to be fair, to be so fair. So much she's makeup. She's supposed to be an angel, so she's. They, they have an excuse to bathe her in light. So at enjoyable. Because at the very start of the movie, she's, like, dressed like a so called beggar and. She's wearing, um, she's got a thing that says change. And we think initially she's looking for loose change, but no, she's actually begging Christine Bransky to change her wicked ways. But she's the most glam homeless person. She's basically wearing like a grey ball gown with the full face of makeup. Uh, it's they just, wonderful. They thought they just like put tattered gloves on her and <laughs> thought that would be enough to complete the effect. But she's so enjoyable, <laughs> and it's like honestly notable to have a movie where the two leads are like women well past 
their 60s yeah true very notable true. without it being a romantic movie or something like um, the book club or whatever um, so very notable and like the cast is like really varied you've got people of like all body shapes colour yeah, like age that. really enjoy that like it and you know you said elements of it are dystopian how they can all be kicked out but elements of it are ridiculously utopian and lovely of like how nice everyone in the town is how they come together we've got a little tiny Tim character the cutest little girl ever yeah, she's awesome so if you like Scrooge and you like It's a Wonderful Life like, and you like Dolly Parton this is your movie but at the same time you go in very much like in a good mood and like ready to have a bit of a laugh because you can't take it too seriously <laughs> it's sickly sweet like yeah. you could um, there's one very dark storyline though which we'll get to on Spoiler Street yeah 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 that actually took us by surprise and I and actually because we were such experts in Dolly Parton from listening to Dolly Parton's America makes sense in like the long history of the songs she's written um, and that that was supr- a surprising plot to me actually and, a, and I thought a very good one um, but I just like I think given what an amazing songwriter Dolly Parton is and I think we need to probably re-listen to some of the music none of the music really like got in my head except for Wicked Witch of the Middle which isn't even a good song yeah I can't yeah, remember no, any of the songs there's no though. real bangers although some so of, we watched it last night so we were singing some of them last night some of them do although you said the same about The Greatest Showman when you walked out of that and then so I, you'll never live that a down. year later was still singing the songs <laughs> yeah so um, I it's no Greatest Showman though some of the tracks were, were good and in the moment I uh, they, I, they they got me and um, they felt like Dolly tunes even when sung by other people. The ones that most felt like Dolly tunes, though, were the ones she kept for herself. She obviously kept herself the best songs, which yeah. fair play I would too. But I agree with you. There's not like it's not like when you first sometimes you hear a song and it's like wow. It's like, there was no wow moments. Do you know what? The, funnily enough, the last time I had a wow moment while hearing a song for the first time is still that that Eurovision movie with uh, Rachel McAdams and uh, Will Ferrell, where she did. There were, it, almost every song in fact that happened there that was just the memorable about her hometown yeah and I tell you that movie did not get um, well reviewed but I, that's gonna I'll, I'll go back and revisit that and those songs and I have done regularly I think that's just awesome are you gonna sing us one? no um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> will, will, will we go to Spoiler Street maybe on, on this one I or think have you so. got anything else to say I will say that what was interesting because I'm quite um, anti uh religious institutions I'll say I'm not anti-religion and and respect people's faith but personally I'm not into any of that and um, when it got really Christian early on and stayed at that level for for the rest of the movie I I did feel a bit like oh god here we go and then I kind of had just checked myself and reined myself in because I'm like do you know what Christmas I I actually just kind of forgot Christmas is actually a religious holiday is it Dave? (laughs) it's been kind of um commandeered or forgotten about by or commercialism or commodified yeah but um it's like do you know what let 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 Christians have Christmas <laughs> after a big that's Dolly you, Parton that's so movie. nice of you, you know? benevolent of I you I am just I'm that do you know I was filled with Christmas spirit well to be honest said, watching, you can have your holiday watching that church aside from the fact that the priest looks like an extra from a soap opera and delivers his lines very strangely um, he speaks I, very slowly I would go to that church he's so nice they're so welcoming. They do dance numbers all the time up and down the yeah, aisle. I think it's all just like that thing. in, in um, Middle America, as far so as I know. I would go to that church 100%. It was um, a lot more vibrant than, than 
uh, Catholic mass on a Sunday <laughs> when, when we grew, when we were growing up in Ireland in the, in the 80s and 90s. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, singing was not like that. And you, and you weren't allowed to just stand up in the middle of the thing and say, "Down with Regina." She's rubbing it. like you weren't allowed to bring town issues to to mass. Yeah, I really enjoyed like the whole town's efforts to mobilize against Regina, which is them all going to church and bitching and singing "Wicked Witch" in the middle. Yeah. It's like lads, you're not being very productive here. <laughs> Uh, okay, right. I really want to go to spoilers though because I want to like talk about some of the most ludicrous plot points because there were many. Um, but if you haven't seen it, go off and watch it, eat some mince pies. Um, you do have to it. be in the right mood you to watch this. You definitely have to be in the right mood. <laughs> God help us. Um, for sure. And I definitely think uh, it's a nice family movie too, like to watch with older kids for sure. Right, so spoilers now for... Dolly Parton's Middle America Christmas Square yeah. Spectacular. Uh-huh. Is that the name of it? I think so. Yeah. Um, firstly, like, on opening, when the movie started, I was immediately disappointed by the audio. Just sounded, like, really cheap, like, done on a soundstage, shot in a studio. It was literally on a sound. Like, yeah, the square does not look like it's outdoors. No, and it just... It is, it I thought they really missed the mark on the audio. If you're going to have a star of Dolly's caliber and, like, make it all about the music... They didn't capture that at all. Um, the first kind I of thought music- it was fine, but do you mean? Yeah, yeah. I'll agree with you that the production values cheap, in right? general are very what traditionally would have been described as TV quality. Yeah, uh, for sure. But at this, you know, in this era, particularly from a Netflix original, we do have you do expect a certain standard I mean we watched The Queen's Gambit right after this and it was just like that thing yeah, looks insane. gorgeous now I guess because this is adapted to a play by a play from a play they're keeping it a bit like that but there was a really good line when Christine Bransky comes in and goes this isn't wonderful and your name's not George Bailey <laughs> and she's like um, there were a couple of uh, It's a Wonderful Life references in there yeah there? of course and obviously and they're in a bank of course at the time of course um, and basically it's like Christine Baranski has some your serious money and your money she's got serious issues with her dad we're going to find out why later um, and she's kind of decided to sell the whole town almost as an act of rebellion against her dad but we were like okay appreciate her dad might have done something bad but like again can she just sell like the mansion she lives in like ish what they never clearly defined was does Christine Bransky just love money? Because they didn't make her villainous enough to me. She was not as villainous as a Scrooge. It never really added up why she was trying to... Because she's saying, you know, you she people was, are better off without this town. It's no good. But then she's like, oh, you've 24 hour notice to move out and it's Christmas Eve. It's like, no, I just she didn't was, buy that she was evil enough I, I mean, I agree. It's not quite enough. But the way I read it was she was betrayed by her father. That was her perspective. Who took her baby from her. And this was his baby. And he's she's... And she, it's all of that is wrapped up in um, painful memories for her. The town is literally a no, painful I buy memory. all that. So she's getting rid of it. The notice period that she's given. Oh, people, yeah. Like, I mean, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. stupid. But yeah, the plot. So basically we find out that... Because her and um, Carl, her supposed ex, have this moment where he's like, I still think about that night. And we were like, oh, shit went down. So we were like, oh, Christine Bransky and Carl like, obviously did it. And it must have been maybe about 10 years ago the way he's talking about it and they had this one incredible night of passion and then it wasn't to be no they're talking about their high school prom as in you're talking about people in their <laughs> 60s here and they're talking about when they were 17 and Carl seemingly has never been with oh, another no, woman since 17. and then when we finally find out the night of the prom 
they didn't even get together she saw Carl with a ring showing another girl the ring clearly it was meant for her and it was a classical mistake and then she danced with this other guy ended up sleeping with him and then I never and then, I never buy those mix-ups like if I if you and me were like dating going steady right <laughs> and then and then suddenly and then we, we've agreed to meet up everything's going great see what's the dance and then you're just showing a re- like whatever you, you know you're showing yeah, a ring to somebody else I'd be like shit she's obviously just proposed to that guy and they've been seeing each other the whole time that's the only rational explanation here yeah but she is a teenager a hot headed teenager but basically she's then like oh I slept with that guy and then I got pregnant and then my dad forced me to give away my baby and with like that was when I was like really surprised by the turn then, the movie took then the baby grew up to have the same evil goatee that, my, that the father had <laughs> it did but that was when we were listening to that study of Dolly Parton during the summer like a huge theme in a lot of her music is like wrongs done to women uh, by men and specifically women who are shamed by being pregnant like one of her songs The Bridge is about a young teenager who gets pregnant and ends up like really tragically jumping off a bridge and she has it it's like a theme in loads of her work and um, I was like really impressed that she brought that into this movie Um, and in light of all the stuff currently going on in Ireland with like you know all the mother and baby homes and all the scandal around that like that really resonated with me and I got really upset actually when I watched that scene like also have had a baby this year and just watching that scene I thought thought it was really emotional I thought Christine Bransky did a brilliant job of it and it went some way to explain like it humanised her and she's not just you know this this evil villain but then but then (laughs) and she we were like right who someone in the town is obviously her child because they wouldn't just spring a new child that on kind of movie. So we're like, so it has to be either the reverend or his wife, um, or yeah, because at this stage of the movie, so we were like deep into who is Christine Baranski's <laughs> child, and uh, it had to be the reverend or the wife because why else are they in this movie? There's, they're pointless. No, because we came up with a way better theory as to her child should have been. Well, yeah. I did specifically. So there's it's I mentioned theory. the little tiny Tim character, right? Who was like the sweetest little girl ever, who like. Weirdly, as a bartender, and she serves. And, and they Christine. do a great track together. The fairy tale bit yeah. was good. I, 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 that was a great scene. But actually, we must re-listen to that song because when watching the movie, those two singing together, I thought this is the best song in the movie by far, and they'd really good chemistry. And the little girl is so cute, and then she says to Christine Bransky, "The wicked witch of the middle, i.e., Christine Bransky, but the little girl doesn't know it, killed my mom." And Christine Bransky's like, "Huh?" And she goes. Because you see, the pharmacist was three days behind on his rent, so the wicked witch made him close down the pharmacy, which makes no economic sense. Because how long would it take you to get a new tenant? You're better off letting your tenant be a few days behind in their rent than kicking them out. Anyway, and then I got a fever, and then my mum drove twenty miles to get me some calipol, and then my mum was in a car crash, and now my mum's dead. And Christine Brinkley's like. Holy shit. <laughs> like, she feels really bad about that. And then she she leaves and she goes, <clears throat> could it be true that I changed the course of someone's life? It's like, what, you mean when you evict people from their homes and businesses? Yeah, she's, like, she's just realised the impact yeah, of like evicting just, people on a whim has on them. Anyway, I was like to Dave, oh my God, that girl's mom 
has to be Christine Bransky's kid because then she'll have to live with the knowledge that through her own misdeeds she actually murdered her own daughter but she can reconnect with her granddaughter yeah and I was like yes how good is that it. it's awesome but that's not it because it's just <laughs> Pastor Christian at the end um, yeah, but yeah Kat, I was Pastor as soon as you said Christian. that I was like that is amazing and uh, would have been a way better it would have been amazing and more interesting but kind of fucked up as well that she murdered her own daughter Let's talk about the other plot twist because the Pastor Christian thing is bullshit. Wait, there's who, another plot who cares? twist. Also, no, sorry, but uh, on the 23rd of December, the entire town is in the church being like, burn the witch, burn the witch, put her on a whatever, making a joke about a witch's twitch. And then, and then the next day, <laughs> Pastor Christian stands up at the top of the altar and he goes, I found out today that I have met my adopted mother. And then Christine Bransky walks in fully dressed in white like she's a bride walking up the aisle yeah, and she's reborn her, and someone walks her up the aisle I was like what is this and why aren't you all unpacking because you were all supposed to be evicted right now so instead of like the Do eviction packing? Packing, they the were ev- packing we saw Carl packing up his shop the, but the eviction plot went nowhere like they were like oh we're going to be evicted this march around the town next day you're all supposed to be leaving well they're all just hanging around the church yeah, you gotta go to sun. You gotta go to Christmas Eve service, Kathy. <laughs> I just felt like the eviction plot was like the the big like call to action at the start of the movie, and then it just completely fizzled out and went nowhere. And then they were all like, "Yeah, you saved us," and it's like she's the cause of your destruction. And now because she's telling you that you don't all have to move out, you're all cheering her. Like I don't think she deserves that. She's gaslighting the entire town. <laughs> she is. I'm sorry, what is the plot? Were it's you an gonna... abusive relationship. It is. The other thing I was going to talk about is the uh, reveal that uh, Christine Baranski's assistant is an angel and is her guardian angel. <laughs> is that a plot twist? <laughs> well, I, I mean, think it took me by surprise. Yeah, to be fair, it did take me by surprise as well. Uh, but yeah, I have nothing more to say about that. Really. Oh, but you just actually, to that, it. that actress was uh, was really enjoyable as she well. She's from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, she was giving it socks. She was really good, and I did enjoy then like her and Dolly's little side plot of like going through the angel rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to see more of that. Like, I feel like this could be a regular <laughs> series where like Dolly shows up as an angel in different people's life, much like Touched by an Angel, that classic nineties TV show. Yes, classic, loosely yeah. <laughs> uh, defined classic. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of like bits of like Dolly just like looking up you know, frustrated looking up to heaven and going oh lord or people would say <laughs> good heavens Give and they strength lord they go good heavens and she go they are good <laughs> I did enjoy when Christine Bransky like thought she had a brain tumour and she's like I didn't know brain tumour hallucinations could be so tacky, tacky and covered yeah. in rhinestone and like Dolly does love that image for herself and like she's really pushing it up and like when you think like Dolly grew up in like the 50s 60s America in a time where you would have had all those like musical song and dance films and stuff like it feels very true to her I think yeah um, it was interesting watching it because only last year or the year before I watched 9 to 5 um, which Dolly's amazing in and I was like she's essentially giving the same performance <laughs> she just is Dolly Parton yeah and she's I, not she's too big to yeah. play another role she can't play <laughs> she, anything but Dolly she just is herself on yeah. screen but why um, not if you're that cool can, there's one thing which really disturbed me I cannot stop thinking about <laughs> in this whole movie right so there's a whole plot for anyone who's listening to this and didn't want to watch it and, and <laughs> massive respect to you um, there's a whole plot where the pastor and his wife are trying to have children and, and, and can't and are sort of, you know, having musical numbers about infertility. And um, 
And then Dolly, at one stage towards the end of the film, just kind of goes around granting people's wishes and sprinkling fairy dust on them. On a, she's and, on a cloud. And she's like sitting on a cloud, sitting on a CG cloud outside <laughs> this woman's window as she packs up her things to preparing to be By evicted. By the way, the woman is being evicted is the pastor's wife and what she's packing up is a baby clothes shop. Could not be more on the nose. Yeah. And just smiling and looking forlornly at things. And, and then Dolly and then her CG, and the pastor did a whole number about IVF. And then CG cloud... Dolly just sprinkles her, her her pixie dust through the window and it just like you watch a trail of it like go in, like onto her womb <laughs> and then become all and so essentially it's like what we're led to believe is that uh, she immaculate just conception. got inseminated by an angel no it's called immaculate conception Dave and it's like the fundamental of Christmas so I want to see yeah so basically <laughs> the second coming of Christ is here yeah. guys in the sequel to Christmas Square are, are we to believe that Christian's seed was just waiting to be fertilised in there or is Dolly putting in new like Christ seed uh, I think it's I think it's the latter I think this is the the coming of the of the the next messiah. That's okay. what I that's what I am led to believe. Okay, I think so. Yeah. Um, and I actually have to say, anyway, it was creepy AF. Anyway, either way, it was very creepy. But also, what I found um, really weird about Christian and his wife is like he's literally just found out that his mom's Christine Bransky. Uh, but of course, we've no backstory to him. Like, we don't know if he grew up in a loving home. Like, who were his adoptive parents? None of that was mentioned. But he straight away, him and his wife were like, oh, yeah, we're so happy, even though they hated her a minute ago. Yeah, and yeah. then they're like... Less than 24 hours ago, you were goes, I'm casually so laughing about her being violently beaten up. But then in song, they kind of say, oh, it's so nice to have a mother. But then the, And then the wife goes, even better to have a grandmother. I'm like, you don't know your yeah, How does she know? She, she doesn't know. <laughs> she felt the angel. She felt Dolly impregnate her. Yeah, I was wondering if they were going to do that classical movie thing of like when someone finds out they're pregnant, it's because they like run off to get sick in the toilet, but they didn't do that. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe the doctor, maybe the town doctor sent her an urgent text all in caps saying, <laughs> call me, which is how he likes to deliver <laughs> test result news. Although <laughs> the doctor sent you that text, I'd be freaking out. And he goes, there's a shadow on your brain scan, uh, Christine Bransky. So I think we need to do another scan in the hospital. I'm like, oh, so you did the first one in your GP surgery, <laughs> yeah. did you? So you got brain scanning equipment. <laughs> and also, this hospital looks like a piece of shit. Swan, Cathy. He's um, coming right at us. Oh, um, you know when that little girl, the little tiny tin girl, a, um, ends up in a car accident? That was really upsetting because her dad sang an absolutely wonderful song. Yeah, he was a good actor. He was incredible. And a good singer. He was crying and singing as we were. Um, and then <laughs> Christine Bransky goes, call me the best pediatric brain surgery in the country like pediatric brain surgery is like very specific no someone arrives yeah. within minutes I was a hundred miles well, away well children famously have very different brains <laughs> yeah. maybe and maybe maybe that, do, maybe that is a thing yeah. but like the fact that someone could come so quickly and they're only a hundred miles away was hilarious as well well she said like helicopter her over there I don't care what it takes <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but then Dolly kind of implied that she but, had arranged for the child to be in a car crash to teach Christine Bransky a lesson which I thought was dark but actually didn't th- didn't that just feel like an like a terrible reminder of the state of the US healthcare system that basically your child is only going to get saved yeah, Dave, I'm surprised this town has a hospital like it's a population of 100 people also it's a, yeah. most towns don't have hospitals well, that's true but also, anyway who needs a hospital when your GP surgery oh wait, is, is brain scanning is, is she shutting down the hospital as well did they get an eviction notice I think so <laughs> like god see ya turn off all those machines by Christmas Eve please um, I've got a I need buggy, my hospital back a buggy so um, encased in mud now I can't push it anymore also but like also that, do you know that was a complete waste of everyone's time like why did she bother um, 
Why does she bother calling the best paediatric brain surgeon in the country and helicoptering her over when all it took to cure her was some pixie dust from, from <laughs> Dolly the Angel? The same pixie dust that can inseminate people through windows. And I think that was the other reason I was like, that girl has to end up being her grandchild because that girl and her dad had that really sad plot as well so like they were the stars of the film yeah like, exactly that yeah. would have been way more emotionally satisfying <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah anyway do you reckon we can keep talking about this for another I, hour I honestly could talk about this movie forever <laughs> but it's really cold and the buggy is stuck in mud yeah. so we need to go um, but I hope everyone enjoyed it let would us you know what it, you think would you watch it again every Christmas I don't think I would that's what I was thinking like is it a Christmas classic it doesn't feel very Christmassy I gotta say it's set at Christmas but there's not a lot of... Yeah, I guess it's all about forgiveness and it's got the Scrooge Christmas Carol vibes, but I'm not like... Well, this is Dolly's big thing. It's Christmassy, really, is it? Dolly's, like, fundamental thing is about forgiveness. And, like, she is really wonderful, like, because um, the man that she worked for for a long time, uh, he kind of launched her career. I've forgotten his name now. They used to be on TV together. Do you remember his name? No. Um, anyway he like kind of was trying to like claim ownership over her and like rights to her music and like really wasn't letting her go out of her contract and she wrote I Will Always Love You and just left the show so she wrote that song about him which is like obviously one of the best songs ever written and like he's he spent years like suing her and she ended up having to pay him out millions of dollars and he treated her so badly and in the end like on his on his deathbed she like went and sat with him and was like I forgive you and then she his family were in a lot of debt and she like paid them out all the debt like she did everything she could for this family because she's like I while he treated me badly you know I would never have gotten to where I was without him and I just believe in forgiveness and I don't harbour ill will to anyone and I just like oh that was so classic Dolly and that's why like I love that one of the themes of this movie is that while Christine Bransky's father did a terrible thing to her Dolly Parton's trying to say to her if you can't forgive him you'll never be able to like love yourself and forgive yourself and and he thought albeit it was terribly misguided and cruel and shocking he he did think at the time that he was helping you by taking the baby away and and that's really dark but i i really enjoyed the message of like if you can't forgive him how can you like forgive yourself and love yourself and i just thought it was so dolly to me and i do think that maybe by next christmas again i'll be in a, in a certain mood and wanting to watch it so i think i could watch it again I wouldn't be, to- you know, those I wouldn't the, be top of my list. Those are the sort of basic tenets of Christianity as well. So it, it all kind of does link together. And and also she does, Dolly is kind of treated with a sort of reverence that, like, almost like a religious icon yeah, by a sure. lot of people, yeah, right? So, is. yeah, so, I mean, look, ultimately... I mean, Dolly is- just invested in the company that has produced the coronavirus yeah, vaccine. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, this is who we're talking about, like... Well, produced one of them. You get this, There's loads of them now. Well... Oxford just made one, and it was... The one she invested in... And it was, one a, she and it was 70% effective, and everyone's given out. Well, the <laughs> one she <laughs> invested in was 94% effective, right? So Dolly yeah. is an angel. Uh, she also just donated, like, loads and loads of books to Children of Cork randomly. Like, she runs schools in the United States. Children of Cork? She, like, children, where we're from, Cork. She's donating books to them. Of course. Like, she just does everything. So, anyway... Um, so I yeah, think this I will movie is, is kind of bad and tacky, but kind of great and enjoyable and ultimately is a force for good. And, and everyone th- should watch it. I think we need to go really listen Every to the day. soundtrack now <laughs> and try and remember any of the songs. Uh, right. Dolly, you could have done better on the music, I'm sorry. But I forgive you because I love you. If you like this movie, and then message us at the Cinemile at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, if you don't like it. If you don't like it, yeah, whatever. Just talk to us. Um, or email us the Cinemile at gmail.com 
Um, um, and leave us a review if you enjoyed this and subscribe and all this wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if you want more of these kind of things, uh, we are watching retro movies and TV shows uh, and all sorts of things over on our Patreon bonus podcast called The Cinemile High Club at patreon.com forward slash The Cinemile. We just watched um, Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford in, in honour of uh, American presidents everywhere and we are in the middle of watching The Queen's Gambit which we'll very quickly do a review on and if you sign up before the end of November all proceeds from our December contributions will go to Action for Children which is a wonderful charity here in the UK you do loads of amazing things for children unlike Christine Bransky <laughs> yeah the wicked witch of the middle yeah okay bye bye let this Shadows from the night Fan the flames with all your might Light your lamp and spread the light ACAST powers the world's best podcasts Here's a show that we recommend What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.